Coming up on this edition of the Golf Digest podcast, we talk with LPGA stars Jessica and Nelly Corda and discuss whether Vijay Singh should play in a Corn Ferry Tour event. My God, my swing feels like an unfolded lawn chair. Why do they even have one if you're not supposed to hit it there? Because it's fun. We're having fun. What is this, Costa? Mine's off the rack. I wish Tiger Woods was here to help me with this. We'll do it live. Welcome back to the Golf Dodgers Podcast. I'm Alex Myers, and I'm joined by Daniel Rappaport, Keely Levins. We're all at our respective homes still. Guys, how's it going? A um, lot to talk about. Obviously, uh, Keely and I had a great chat with the Corda sisters. We'll get to that in a bit. Uh, but first, let's start with the match, Dan, because um, – and Keely – Match part two. Match part two, sorry. Uh, Champions for charity. We now, I was, got, I was kind of getting worried about this thing. I got to be honest, because, you know, you have the TaylorMade event comes out with all the details and we have the date and the time and whatever and the site. We didn't have any of that stuff for the match. And that was announced well before. We have all that stuff now, Dan. Uh, medalist, right? Tiger's yeah. one of his home courses. Um, we have a May 24th date, 3 p.m. on TNT and a bunch of, other ways you can watch it and we have a weird format um let's see here best ball on the front modified alternate shot on the back nine interesting what do you think dan yeah i mean best balls that's everyone knows that one standard right? yeah with with handicaps we still don't know what their handicaps are going to be right i think that hasn't right. i think that's that's sort of the looming question and again i don't know how you can make a betting line without knowing what their handicaps are, I right? Agree. But yeah. I guess maybe they know something that we don't, which we yeah. do the first time. Um, modified alternate shot. So I guess they get to choose the better of the two shots. And then, so they yes. both see shots and then they pick the better one. Wouldn't it be more fun if they pick the worst one? Like, don't you want to see them have to play some, some crappy shots and see Tiger and Phil have to make up for some eight handicaps hitting some absolute foul balls on the back nine? Yeah, I mean- be like an eight hour round. <laughs> Yeah, well, what else are we doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, that's a good thing. That's a good. As lo- the longer, the better. I I tend to agree with you, Dan. I feel like if they were going to do some sort of creative, which this is creative, I'll give them that to, to at least split up a match by nines and do two totally different formats. But if you were going to do that, you're right. You might as well just go crazy with it and come up with something. There, yeah, I mean, there's a lot more things you can do. I, I've played a bunch of matches where it's like six, six, and six. So you do you do six holes of best ball. Right. six holes of alternate shot and then mm. six holes either scramble or just count them all where both balls matter. Mm. Um, I like six, six and six keeps things fresh. I, I think what you just said at the end, having both scores count would really ratchet up the pressure even more than just having to play a bad tee shot by one of the guys, because you know, and, and again, we're talking about like playing everything out. So you're going to see maybe, some triples, some whatever. With, with and that's some, the thing. It's like regular golfers don't don't realize how, the, just the difference when you have to get the ball in the hole, even on your bad holes. Like not being able to pick it up. It, it, you, you can just never relax. It's for someone who's not, you know, right. and these guys are probably six or seven handicaps. So they're good golfers. But I would bet you that they take gimmies and just like everybody else, if they hit you know, out of bounds, they write down their 6X and they proceed to the next hole. So having, having to hole it out on every hole is really separates the, uh, the pretenders. I like yeah. I like that it's the final six holes too in what you described of like that's your stroke play like you've already been going for 12 holes you're pretty 
tired by the end of it. And now it's like, okay, you have to play your own ball all the way in. Good luck. Yeah, no, I, I think that would be interesting. I, I do the, the modified alternate shot, even though you're right, even though they're taking the best drive, I guess that's still alternate shot is very awkward. I think we've talked about that before. And, it's, well, that's um, the, yeah, it's alternate shot. It requires a lot of teamwork. If you look at the U.S. record against Europe and the Ryder Cup and alternate shot, it's like atrocious for the U.S. Yeah. Whether right. that's just no, because they're not, they don't play it. We never play it. They don't yeah. play it. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. I'm, I'm actually, I'm also excited to see medalists because I feel like I've seen the medalist range about a million times. Yes. All, a lot of our shoots for Golf Digest yes. are on the medalist range. The medalist Tiger, range. Like yes. Justin Thomas. And I've seen so many Instagram videos of the medalist range that I almost feel like the golf course is like not a real thing. It's kind of the same with the Bears Club. You know, all yes. these courses in Florida where you see these guys practicing all the time, but you never see the actual golf course. It's nice to know that there actually is a golf course at medalist. And some of the pictures, I mean, as you can imagine, I'm sure it's an incredible course if that's Tiger's, you know, go-to course. But you're right. I mean, we, we kind of just see uh, these photos from there. I think maybe for the first match when they did the, um, what's it called? The HBO, the 24 hours or whatever. 24-7. They, I think they were filming Tiger playing a practice round at, medalist I yeah and i think also the golf like the my game tiger woods that medalist so there's there's a little bit of evidence right so you see a little of it here or there but you're right it, it will be nice to see it um i mean of course it doesn't have the we've, we've been talking about seminal golf club being in the news for being the, the tailor-made driving relief event and we're going to get to see that the week before um wait that's really coming up that's this that's week next, that's, that's sunday yeah. that's sunday so that's so we have two sundays in a row lined up with some big time golf so that's exciting uh, i'm not ready yeah. for it it's gonna be too much I, after all I these months yeah. off whew. yeah it, <laughs> damn back to your point about the gambling it, it kind of did blow my mind that they came out with these lines instantly the tiger and peyton were like minus 150 favorites and we didn't even know the format we don't know again we don't know the handicaps of those guys we haven't seen um, tiger and phil play a tournament in two we haven't seen tiger play in three months we haven't seen phil play in two months right um they know something we don't or i don't know i really i don't have any idea how you could set a line without knowing the handicap like what if you know what if peyton's playing off a of nine and or you know what i'm saying there's just a bunch of different opportunities i will say i was watching their swings both of them are pretty good I think Brady could could become like really really good. I think his swing has like the bones to become really really good. Yeah. And knowing Tom Brady, he's definitely been practicing his butt off. So I I, I kind of like I kind of like Phil and uh, and Mickelson. Obviously, we know Mickelson's going to be up for it. He loves any chance he can to show Tiger up. So I think the know, but like, like worth a bet here. I feel like it's it's just fifty fifty. And if it's fifty fifty, wouldn't you take the yeah. underdog? Uh, that's what I was going to say. It's kind of like when you bet on. Um, the match play, the, the WGC match play, uh, these matches are all like 50, 50. So when you see a guy getting like two to one odds or something, I mean, you might as well just bet on the underdog. I mean, you're getting, and, and you're right. Phil's going to be working his butt off to get ready for this. Um, although I think tiger having lost the first one might, there will be some motivation there, but uh, Brady definitely working hard. But as Brady has said, Peyton has had a lot more time to work on his, game so i i would he kind of got a lot more going on yeah i mean Peyton. Brady's I, mean, I, I don't know i don't know how you bet against tiger like how much like pent-up competitive energy he has right now i yeah. i can't imagine he's beatable 
I mean, definitely has a home course advantage too. So maybe they're factoring that into the line. He does have the hope. That's too. right. And they and and they definitely knew that ahead of time. Yeah. They probably mm-hmm. Vegas definitely knew that. That you're right. That's probably factored um, into the odds that it's it's Tiger's home course. I liked obviously they had the the, the Zoom call to try to promote it. Um, Phil with the uh, the photo of Tiger putting the jacket on him. The Tiger goes and gets the green jacket. It was all staged, but it was still good. I, I, I kind of, I liked it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the whole thing about people who are, you know, harsh critics and want to be hardos about this thing. It's like, just, right. just relax, man. Just, just it's relax. Right. Charity. It's, it's for charity. Start there. It's for charity. Exactly. There's no other sports going on. They're all in their living rooms. Like, of course, it's going to be a little awkward. Of course, it's going to be a little forced. You right. know, this is not an Oscar-worthy production. We know that going in. <laughs> so everyone can just kind of take a chill pull and relax a little bit and just enjoy something because the alternative is nothing. It's not like the alternative is, you know, a proper golf course in 72. The, the alternative is nothing. So let's just enjoy what, what we can and not, not have such high expectations all the time. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, let's talk just because it is this week, obviously uh, the TaylorMade driving relief event, which uh, is we're excited about as well. And, you know, it's, it's four guys, four huge names, obviously all actual golfers. So that's, that gives it a little bit of a, a difference there. And um, that's where we talked about, you have a little bit on paper, at least of the lopsided teams. But again, I'm with you, Dan, it's, it's, it's going to be a flip of the coin. Um, you have Rory and DJ versus Matthew Wolf, Ricky Fowler. Um, I don't know, Keels, what do you think? Uh, what are you, what are you looking forward to seeing with that match? I mean, I'm just excited that like it's so many huge players that you know we've gone so long without any golf and like the first thing that we get to see are some of the world's best I think that's really lucky and cool um as for like who's gonna win I feel like there's too much like DJ Rory hype like everyone is just like oh yeah they're gonna win it's gonna be a blowout right like to the point that I think that Ricky and Matt Wolf might take it and they've got you know the like osu thing i think they're Uh gonna have some good you know team chemistry yeah i think rory's gonna be the star of that one he's he's always he's so every time he talks about golf it's just like you want to keep listening forever he's very insightful he's very honest he's very open and when he was he was mic'd up last year at the uh in japan Mm -hmm. at the challenge skins and he i think he sold the show there and i think he'll do it again with with a bigger audience here where you know it's not in the middle of the night um and there's and there's nothing to compete against um, so, I mean, he's already one of the more popular players, but I think people are going to realize that he's like a, he's a special golf mind and he's so, he's so articulate and I'm, I'm just kind of praising Maury McElroy to the end of times, but it, it's and true. crush is real like, here. It, it, it is what it is, right? Like you gotta, you gotta call out good things when you see it. So I think it's going to be fun to listen to. And again, let's see if DJ comes out of his shell a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I think Matt Wolf is definitely, uh, he, he's got some spunk, so it, it should be good. And like Keely said, that's going to be some good golf. You know, it's not just going to be two guys who 40 something like these are guys who are in their prime who are who are getting rearing up for for the golf to return they're going to be practicing they're already practicing and like dj posts a bunch of videos and rory as well so yeah we got golf that's that's the short long story short is we have golf coming back yeah i was going to say who what happened to dan rapaport who what european golf writer replaced daniel rapaport on this panel here you were just <laughs> was some rushing there man rory's like half no everyone gushes about rory it's true. yeah it's, 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 true. it's the truth though uh and, but yeah i mean rory's basically I mean, he lives in florida he plays pretty much exclusively the pga tour so yeah he he, he puts he trumps up the european thing every two years but right that, he's, he's about as american as a european can be yeah and and you're right i mean 
the serious golf fans love Rory. Like he is so popular. It's hard to find anyone say anything bad about him. And it's, and it's, you're right. It's the way he talks at the press conferences and everything else. And I think this event will allow that to translate to the more casual sports fan who even if, even the casual sports fan who tunes in for the masters or some of these majors, you don't, you don't get that personality from the guy. Like we're going to see these guys are going to be mic'd up. It's just them uh, playing. You're going to see a lot more of the personality and and you're right. I think Rory will be the star there. Um, You know, Matthew Wolf, I, I don't think any of us know, as much about him yet, but obviously we, we know plenty about DJ and, and Ricky Fowler. And while they're great talents, you're right. I think Rory just kind of draws, captivates people um, a little more. Yeah. You, know, you were mentioning the alternate shot before, and I, now I just mentioned Euro, European writers. And I just had the thought about our John Huggin. Um, he's so into the alternate shot. I think I mentioned this on a Slack that he points out, and it is interesting in Europe. Foursome, there are a lot of alternate shot. It's four. I was going to say, right, four, well, right. He never would say if, if Huggy shot, hears he this, kill you're me dead. for saying that. But no, he he always points out on these golf courses over in Europe, and it is interesting. They have these pads that go from kind of the green out to the next fairway, and that's for when people are playing foursomes. The guy who's not teeing up, or or gal who's not teeing up, uh, that partner is supposed to just to save time go out to the fairway and wait for the tee shot to come. And so he, it's very cool. And I understand if we guys were, if we were all playing to be more efficient and if everybody was doing that, that'd be a great way to get around quickly. But he gets so upset that at these team events where it's the one time we have team events that these guys, why are they on the tee together? Because <laughs> they're teammates, John. Yeah. Like they want to support each other. Oh, it's stupid. They should be out waiting. You know, that's how proper uh, foursomes is done. Anyway, it just made me made me think about that. Um, but yeah, no, it's great to have some golf to look forward to, and uh, with, with especially some big names. Now, uh, speaking of golf to look forward to, we're going to talk about the LPGA in a second. I did want to talk about the Corn Ferry Tour first because it has been brought back into the news. Uh, based on someone who will be playing in a Corn Ferry Tour event, at least as of now, uh, Vijay Singh. Uh, interestingly enough, 57-year-old Vijay Singh, 34 PGA Tour titles, three major championships, uh, $73 million in PGA Tour earnings. That's not including FedEx Cup bonuses and, and everything else. He is in the field for the Corn Ferry Challenge, which is the first event when they resume. Now, Dan, you and Joel Beal, for us, mm-hmm got into a spirited debate about this. Um, I'll let you, uh, you wrote a lot about this, a lot of wrong things about this, but I'll let you go first. What, <laughs> uh, what, what was your take on this? Well, my take on this is that he earned his, he, it's not like it's a sponsor's exemption, right? He's, he right. has a lifetime exemption on the PJ Tour because he's won at least 20 events. He's not going to get into the Charles Schwab Challenge because everyone's going to play and it's only, I think, 120 players or whatever it is. And so it's the best tournament he can get into that week. I, I just don't even, I don't see the problem. You know, no one gave Vijay Singh anything, right? I mean, I know he's not a popular guy. I know he's got the whole cheating scandal thing, but this is a guy who like slept in his car and played on the Asian tour and was working for dollars a day and giving lessons to try and supplement his income. Like this guy has worked for, and he's earned everything that he's done. And this is the best golf tournament he can get into that week. And if you don't like that he's playing, then I'm sorry, maybe you should just play a little bit better. I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? It's these guys who are, oh, he's taking a spot. No, I mean, if, if it was never your spot, 
right? If, if, he, if he can get in over you, then it wasn't your spot. He was doing you a favor by not playing. So I just don't understand these guys who are upset about, you know, the money thing. He earned it. He's there. He's 57 years old. If you're mad about a 57-year-old playing a golf tournament, just go out and beat him. It's not that hard. I don't understand why people are upset with this. I honestly don't. Well, I'm not upset with it. I just don't, I don't think he should do it. And, and you're right. You make a lot of good points in that he did earn it, obviously. There's a reason why he's allowed to be in the field. And if, and if, if people – so Brady Schnell is a guy who came out, a tour pro, and ripped VJ and said he would say it to his face. Uh, I think he called him a turd. Uh, and uh, since uh, well, said he said you are a piece of garbage. Piece of garbage. Whatever. And then he went deleted it, right? He, he since apologized. He's deleted the tweets. I think he's probably worried about being tweets never die. The tweets are whatever. never deleted. My Screenshots never, live forever. Screenshots are never deleted. <laughs> um, but you could see the anger there from a fellow tour pro who I don't even know if what his situation is with getting in that event or not. But just you you could see from their perspective. Um, that someone would be upset. Now, again, should he be upset at Vijay Singh or the Corn Ferry Tour or PGA Tour who has made this rule, this loophole that Vijay gets in? I mean, that, how is that a loophole? He's won well, 30, loophole, he's won 34 times. Yeah, but Dan, he doesn't, he's not a member of the Corn Ferry Tour. Yeah, but he's Those, a member of the PGA Tour and he can't get into the PGA Tour event, and, so he falls down. I mean, I, I don't know. I just... I, I find it hard to take exception with a guy who played his way into a tournament and wants to play in the tournament. I don't think guys, and I understand that, you know, the corn fairy tour guys, they need a shot and they're playing for their livelihood and they haven't been able to cash a paycheck in two months. I understand all that, but I, I think it's a very slippery slope if we ask players to not play in tournaments to give other people chances. I mean, that's golf. Professional golf is all about every man for himself. Like, should we tell tiger, you know, tiger, I know you really want to play in the Wyndham Championship, but, you know, there are guys who really need to fight their tour card, and you have 15 majors and $100 million or whatever it is in earnings. I just don't think you should play because someone else deserves a chance. It's not how it works. Here's the difference, though, and, and I know these are unique circumstances. This event will not have fans. Um, Vijay Singh being there is not going to pull in more people like Tiger Woods playing at the Wyndham would um he's not even you mentioned sponsor exemptions before and, and i know you know tony romo's and stephen curry's get, mm-hmm. get crap for this too they're helping those events by being in it i don't really think vj singh's presence in this event is helping it that much because it's not going to draw a lot of eyeballs because we're coming back from a pandemic and people aren't even going to be allowed to be on the course but like so, is it his job to to trumpet the event to make the event bigger i mean i don't it's not his at, at this point in his career maybe i mean no, but just, i'm saying it's, it's a reason for him to do it to to do something good for that tour i mean it, mm-hmm. to me you know i know you i see your point dan it is a, a bit of a slippery slope I, I will completely acknowledge that i just think there's some weird circumstances here in the fact that he's 57 He's a PGA Tour lifetime member. He's not. He he would not currently still have a spot on the no, tour. No, no, no. Yeah, he's missing cuts left and right. I mean, exactly. So he's now. And and again, I know you can't. It's tough to pigeon out him or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, the guy has made probably over a hundred million dollars in his life easily. Um, and he's going to go play in an event with you know a pretty small purse, and, and and I get it, it's right in his backyard. There's a few other things going on there, and he, it's um, not like he can't get into the PGA Tour event, and there's no Champions Tour until the end of July. So yeah, but play. like 
but don't play that week exactly like in talking to many tour players right now like this is such a brutal time to be on those tours like the seasons are already shortened like as if it wasn't already hard enough to get out of Sabetra, Corn Ferry, and up into PGA, LPGA. Now you have lifetime member status guys coming down and right. quote unquote taking a spot. It's just like there's there needs to be an understanding of kind of, you know, the purpose of these events and the status of these tours right now. And it just doesn't seem it just doesn't seem right. The purpose, yeah. I mean, the thing is, and and this might sound indelicate or or you mm-hmm. know, I don't have compassion, but like tough crap like it's always <laughs> tough it's all I, that, the yeah. mini tours, it's tough i just don't think it's a, anyone's responsibility to say oh this is a tough time so i'm gonna step aside so these guys can play if he wanted to do that he could i'm not saying that's the wrong thing and would that be the nicer yeah. thing to do probably i mean there has he, to be a reason he probably why... donate his paycheck or whatever yeah that'd be a nice gesture uh scotty scheffler won some event yeah. recently and donated his uh the entirety of his winner's check to the caddies at the club which was obviously a super nice but, gesture but, uh, but Dan, like, even if he does donate the check, and that would be a nice gesture, and I would hope he would, um, I I want that check to go to someone who who needs it. Some of these some of these tour pros do. So then, why doesn't he just, why doesn't he just write checks to other pros? I mean, I just feel like you know what I'm saying. Why doesn't he just Why doesn't he just donate all of his money to the Corn Ferry Tour Prize Prize Fund? It's just not great. a responsibility. It's why not doesn't he? Job. That'd be nice. That'd be a nice gesture. I guess my question is, if this is so okay that he's doing this. Why is he the only one? Because first, because most guys who are 57 years old and have made $73 million are chilling on a boat somewhere and right. playing, you know, eight events a year on the Champions Tour. Vijay Singh is a nut job. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think anyone is arguing that. You, you don't yeah. find a way to, to become world number one. The only, by the way, the only guy who took number one from Tiger between, Tiger, yeah. I think it was like October 99 and August of 2010. So yeah. He's the only guy not named Tiger Woods who was number one in the world in the 2000s decade. Yeah. And he did all that when he was over 40. Right. You don't play your best golf over 40 and have that kind of success without being an, having a maniacal work ethic. And whether, you know, whether we think it's realistic for him to think, oh, I can get my game back, oh, I want reps, that's definitely what he thinks. He thinks he's not it's done. That's definitely what he thinks. He finished, he finished sixth in the Honda Classic last year, and he had a chance to win right. being up on Sunday. And that was a fluke, and he's missed most, most right. of his cuts since. But he still believes, and it's not our job to tell him that he shouldn't believe anymore. I mean, he's yeah. like, and if you saw Phil Mickelson, who Phil Mickelson does not like VJ Singh. And if you saw Phil Mickelson's tweet, he said, it's no secret that VJ and I aren't close, which is public figure speak for, I hate this guy. Right. But he said he's earned the right to play wherever and whenever he wants. And that, I just, for me, it's that simple. And look, no one had a problem. No one had a problem when, when Mike Weir did this for the last two years. Well, I'm glad you brought him up because we actually just talked to him and we asked him about this and, his situation was a lot different. I mean, as you know, Dan, he completely lost his game, and that's the only tour he could qualify for. So he, it's not like he was stepping down. That was, that was the level that he was on at that time. He also wasn't 57 years old with, you know, $100 million in the bank. So, um, but, I, but you're right, Dan. It is interesting. A lot of these the veteran players like Phil, like Mike Weir, um, now, again, they're both Masters champ. They, they hang out with him every year at Augusta um, at that dinner. They're part of that fraternity, so maybe that's part of this. But they seem to be saying, "Hey, man, he he uh, earned his spot," like you said. Um, I just I do think though that the 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 more up and coming or struggling tour pro, I, I bet if you took a poll, they would not be as 
I'm not, I'm not so sure. I'm actually not so sure about that. I think there was there was Brady was was obviously the, the most vocal opponent, right. um, but there were a lot of guys who I saw favoriting tweets and retweeting stuff that saying, "Look, man, if you if your first reaction to a 57 year old who's missed I don't know 10 of his last 11 cuts or whatever it is playing in the tournament, and, and your first reaction is, oh, I don't, you should, then you need an attitude adjustment because you should just want to beat that guy and bury him. I mean, it's just I, I just it's I think that it's – listen, it would be a totally different story if he got a sponsor's exemption and he wasn't qualified to play into the tournament. But he's qualified to play into the tournament with his play. And I actually think it's kind of laudable or kind of admirable that a 57-year-old who's won three majors, who's in the Hall of Fame, is willing mm-hmm. to play a Corn Ferry Tour event and he's 57 years old. He won't give up the dream. I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was honestly – I was driving when this whole thing went down, and I, you know, I stopped for gas with gloves on. Don't worry, and a mask. But <laughs> I stopped for gas, and I checked my, my phone, and I was like, I, I honestly was – it took me a second to understand why people were so upset about this. Jack yeah. Nicholas played a Corn Ferry Tour event in 2003. People forget that. Were people mad at it back then? Probably not. It wasn't the I will say this. pandemic. Well, right. I oh, will so say this. Pan- oh, so it's the pandemic. Is that, no, is that no, no, no. Dan, you're right, and, and, and I don't think it's been brought up enough the fact that it's Vijay Singh specifically, unfortunately, has changed this conversation a lot because you're right. He's not, he's not the most popular player, never was. Um, it's kind of like when, when Patrick Reed does something, it gets blown up because it's Patrick Reed and, and people like to, to jump on him. So I, I, I do get that a little, and, and you're right, like a Jack Nicholas or somebody, we probably wouldn't, we'd be saying, oh, it's so cool. Um, so... I get that. I just, it, it, you know, it's very similar. We've been talking about Alex Checker recently. This is a PJ Tour winner. He's going to the Outlaw Tour and winning events left and right there. Uh, you know, it's kind of the same thing. It's just at some point, you know, I think there's, an, there's bad optics involved when you're at a different level and you should be playing at that level. That's all. I, I just. He's not good enough to play on the PJ Tour anymore. That's for sure. No. So, so if you're arguing that he should stick to the Champions Tour, well, he can't do that until July. So maybe right. he wants to play golf between now and July. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. It's, it's a good debate. It's interesting. I hope, look, I hope he plays now that we've talked about oh, it so much. He's definitely going to play. He's definitely going to play. But there's also a legitimate chance that Vijay Singh has no idea this is a thing. Maybe. I yeah. mean, he does not strike me as the guy who's checking Twitter. Or no. Someone probably told him, hey, people are mad. And he probably said, why? And then went back to go hitting his... 27th bucket of balls for the day yeah or and are doing one of those crazy workouts yeah with the big tires um all right let's talk about the lpga the lpga is coming back of course but it's coming back about a month after the pga tour returns um keely i know we're going to get to our talk with the corda sisters uh but first you know in general uh, you know and we talked to the about this with them they've been off for even longer than, than the guys because they were in Asia when uh, the coronavirus sprung up, all these events were canceled. These, these, these ladies have had a lot of time off. Um, I guess what's, what's the overall situation? How does it compare versus the PGA tour when these, when these players return? Yeah. So the tour was supposed to be playing in Asia in February and March and April. And so they've been, it's interesting, like as, Jess was saying to us that like when the guys all like started their pause in the season and they were like, Oh, what are we going to do? And Jess was like, well, we've already been on break for like six weeks. I can tell you exactly what it's like. So I think in, 
in some ways it's like a little bit of an advantage advantage isn't the right word but it's kind of a positive thing that they've been doing this for a while that like they're settled into a mentality and they know how to handle it and i think that since it's been so long they're also like more ready than ever um to get back out on tour and so they're going to be coming back in mid july and i don't know if you guys looked at the schedule but it is brutal like they are playing straight through from July to December with mm-hmm. two weekends off being the Masters and Thanksgiving. Mm. Yeah, but yeah. Didn't, also, didn't the commissioner, Mike, went, he, um, he, he did some program where they gave them some sort of cash advance. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, they did. Um, it was, you know, much smaller than what the PGA Tour players got. But I think it's important that even that, was just like created so in case something happens again in the future like we know that players can get a benefit a financial benefit if the tour has to be paused he seems like loki one of the best commissioners unreal like he really genuinely cares is he as popular with the players as he seems to be with with the public yeah definitely um from the women that i've spoken to at least everyone seems like they really respect him and just even just looking at where the tour was 11 years ago when he started to where it is now or where it ended last season. It's like, how could you be a player and not like him? You know, mm-hmm. the size of the purses that they're playing for now are incredible. And that's one of the things that I thought was amazing. Um, so obviously not all events were able to be rescheduled for this year. Um, and some tournament sponsors like went to Juan and his team and said like, okay, we can't have our event, but we want to give you some of our purse money and put it to an event that's happening. So when yeah. the tour comes back, oh, purses so are going to be bigger. Nice. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. That's, that's really cool. And, and I think um, in the story that you wrote, uh, Juan even has a quote saying that like some of these sponsors didn't even, they weren't even asking for attention or whatever, but they, they just felt they, they support the tour in general. They're, they feel like they're partners with the tour. Yeah. And, even though their event isn't going on, they feel responsible, I guess, to, to kind of help out the players. They didn't even give out their names. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Really cool. One of the things <laughs> yeah. I really like about him too is like, he's not, he doesn't spew malarkey. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't, yeah. he doesn't try to make it seem like everything is great and our financial right. situation. He's very, he's very honest. He yeah. says, look, I know, I remember reading his, uh, his quote that there was a press release when he announced the, the program where they were going to give some advances. And he, he was kind of apologetic about, about how small they were. He was yeah. like, well, I know these are not very big, but we want, and, but he said, we wanted to do something for our players. And I think that that sort of honest leadership is really refreshing that like, he's not trying to say, oh, we're so proud to be able to offer our players this much money. Like he knows it's not enough. He wishes it was more um, yeah. but he's doing something. And I think that you need that kind of humility in order to grow an organization from where it is now to when, and to keep it on the, uh, the trajectory that he's been giving it on. So he's, he's definitely a great guy to have in charge. Yeah, um, definitely. Looking at this, was worried when he hit ten years, like, oh no, is he going to retire? And he's like, nah, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, or gets you know scooped up by by somewhere else. Obviously, um, the the first event back is July fifteenth through eighteenth, the Dow Great Lakes Invitational in Michigan. You know this this got in my head because I walked to this playground with my daughter, and there's this huge uh, painting mural of the America. And I saw the Great Lakes and I was trying to, well, I was trying to think of it myself. Do you guys know what the five Great Lakes are? Oh, God. Uh, yeah. 
people forget that I went to school in the Midwest, so I'm kind of a kind of a big okay. Movie. Here we go. All right, Michigan. Yep. Erie. Yep. Superior. Yep. Huron. Yes. Huron. And ooh, wait. That's there's five. I said four. Yep. Yep. You said Superior, Michigan, Huron, Erie. I'm impressed already. Oh God. Really? Any thoughts? I don't have a It's got a, a Canadian ring to it. Oh, Ontario. There we go. Boom. Oh, teamwork. Wow. You guys are impressive. I actually, I, I, I don't, I didn't get all five and I, I knew there was an H one, but I was like, what is Hugo here? I knew it was like, Hugo. anyway, uh, very impressive geography there. Um, I should mention that this week, the Korean LPGA tour returned with the KL PGA championship and three of the top 10 players in the world are playing in it just because of course the South Koreans um, still have a, a stronghold on the, uh, the world rankings. But it's, it's interesting because we've talked so much about in this country about what we're doing, what we haven't done. When you look at South Korea, they seem to be the gold standard for um, combating uh, COVID-19 uh, with, with testing and tracing and all that. And um, it's pretty amazing that they're, you know, we're, we're thinking, man, I hope this stuff happens in our country in a month. They're already back doing it. And yeah. I mean, Ger- Germany's soccer league is coming back exactly on like Thursday. Yeah. And, and soccer is, it's not golf, right? They're, they're going to be touching each other. So yeah. there's, there's obviously right. an, an added level of, of comfort if they're willing to do that. There's still going to be no fans, but also did you see what they're doing? The PJ tour should do this to be a little harder. They're having season ticket holders send in pictures of themselves and making cutouts and putting them in the stands. So it looks like they're, so it looks like there are going to be people in the stands. I would love to see, I would love to see a, uh, a gallery, like a, a grandstand with cutouts of people. And then you could just, you know, put in the clapping noise. (laughs) People wouldn't know the difference. No chance. Yeah, no, that, that'd be, uh, that'd be interesting. But, um, yeah. So Keely, I guess what, uh, you know, when we talk to the Cordas, by the way, I don't think a lot of people realize Nelly Corda is number two in the Rolex rankings right now. That's incredible for the, the world ranking. Um, I guess before we get into the interview, just tell us a little about uh, these two sisters who have obviously become stars on the LPGA. Yeah, um, I know. I thought that that was funny that like you texted me before we interviewed them like, wait, yeah. Nelly's number two? Like, number and- two? I guess like I mean I know she's a great player but that's that's crazy yeah right that's I mean we haven't had an American number one in how long like since Stacy yeah Stacy so I mean I think everyone's kind of hoping that Nelly could be the next one um but yeah I think that you know I think that the Corda sisters are really easy to root for you know like they're they're definitely like really good people. They're fun to listen to in the interview room. And they also have this like kind of cool edge in that both of their parents were professional tennis players. And the brother too, right? The brother's like one of the best juniors tennis players. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny if you watch like Nellie's Instagram, like she's been like playing against Sebastian, I think mm. like they've been playing some tennis. Um, but I think it just makes them like a really intriguing family, not just two siblings to look at. Um, and it's, it's funny if you watch them, especially at the Solheim cup, like playing together, like their swings are nearly identical. Um, and so like when you, you see these like two, like six foot 
tall women with these like perfect swings. It's just like, yeah, like this is the future of women's golf. Like they're incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Well, okay. Without further ado, then uh, listen to our chat with Jessica and Nelly Corda. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that's out to solve all your problems with sunglasses. Your days of overpaying for shades are over because Shady Rays offers high-quality polarized shades starting at just $48. The craziest thing about this company is the warranty, though. Just listen to how insane this is. If, for whatever reason, you lose or break your pair of Shady Rays, they will replace them no matter what happened. Name somebody else that's replacing your sunglasses for just the cost of shipping and handling. You can't. Oh, and every time you place an order, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America. For our listeners, they gave us the best deal they have to offer. So head over to ShadyRays.com and use code GOLF50 for 50% off two or more pairs. That's two pairs of shades to take to the green for the price of one, only with code GOLF50, G-O-L-F-5-0. All right, I'm excited to welcome to the Golf Digest podcast for the first time, LPGA stars and sisters, Jessica and Nellie Corda. Guys, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having us. Got it. Well, obviously, we got to start by uh, asking what have you been up to? Where are you? What's, what's been going on for you guys during all this craziness? Well, I'm in Sarasota, Florida, and thankfully, the golf courses are still open, so I've just been practicing. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely not my case. Um, oh, no. I'm in Palm Beach and they have definitely closed all of our courses. Hopefully by Friday, though, they'll reopen them. Um, we've kind of been like a hub from everyone from New York coming down to like their home, their you know part-time homes here. Um, so we've we've been on kind of a lockdown, more strict lockdown than in Sarasota. Gotcha. So what have you been doing for practice if you can't go to a golf course? I have a net. Nice. Um, and so I've been hitting into a net, which has uh, brought me back to my junior golf days where uh, my dad would put up a net in the wintertime in Czech Republic, and I would just practice into that. So it's been, <laughs> it's been fun. Good deal. Are you, um, you going to go visit Nellie? Can, like, can you leave? How severe is the lockdown? <laughs> No, yeah, I can definitely leave. Um, it's just like a battle of do I want to leave my house? <laughs> totally fair. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't see it going much longer than it is already. Um, so as soon as they kind of open golf courses, I will go over to get a lesson from Dave um, and then come back and start working um, on my game. And then hopefully we can get started started soon pending, you know. Um the safeness of uh, tour life and just travel in general. How is your, what about how's your dog handling quarantine? I've been wondering. <laughs> about Loves, this. It. <laughs> Loves it. Goes on multiple walks a day, lays outside Sunday, uh, gets lots of snuggle, lots of treats. So he's, he's thriving in this. This is his, he's living his best life. Amazing. <laughs> uh, is are, are there any hobbies or anything that you've, picked up or re-picked up during this time with with kind of the extra time well, yeah I, I, go go i uh i just moved or i'm still kind of moving into my new place so i'm pretty busy with golf okay. trying to kind of get this place furnished it's very white though <laughs> <laughs> 
honestly, I've just started like deep cleaning my house. Um, and that's about it. Like I've honestly, I've just been enjoying this downtime, reading more books mm. um, and just, you know, enjoying being home. Cause once I think this all lifts up, we're going to be pretty, pretty dang busy. Yeah. And yeah. since our, the U S open is now in December, I have a feeling, you know, we're, we are going to have a um, long season. Probably and a short off season. Yeah, probably. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you, you mentioned the season. Oh, sorry. Obviously, before all this happened, um, you know, Nelly, you had such a great end to last year. And then Jessica, you got off to such a strong start this season. Is there any, you know, worry about kind of being able to regain that momentum once you start? Uh, I don't think so because I mean, it's the same for everyone, you know, everyone's mm -hmm. going to have this much time off. It's not like someone may have an advantage of playing competitive golf. Like maybe some people are practicing, but when it comes to, uh, stepping on that first tee block and having to perform, you know, it's completely different. So mm -hmm. that aspect, I think everyone's going to be the same. Um, but I'm just like itching to get out there already. I'm so like ready to just play around the golf to walk 18. You know? <laughs> I just want to get out there. Right. Yeah. This is, this, it just feels so weird. Cause I mean, I've done the same thing basically for the last 15 years. Um, and like the last 10 years on tour. So it's just so weird to be home. It's like, kind of I guess a look into retirement but not really because you can't leave <laughs> but it's like you know retirement like I would travel and like do other things but right obviously like now I'm stuck at home a little bit but um yeah this is it's just interesting um I'm also itching to get back out um I'm excited um to see what the season's gonna look like if it's just gonna be a season with an asterisk next to it or just how everything's going to unfold, obviously. Um, the health of everyone is the number one priority, like I said before. But, man, I miss I miss being out on tour. I miss the competitiveness and um, just get those competitive juices flowing again. Yeah, get your adrenaline up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask if you have found any way to kind of, like, create competitiveness since – you know, obviously you guys need an outlet for that. Um, have you found any other types of competitions you can do while in quarantine? I've been playing some tennis. Oh, nice. Okay. And yeah. Thankfully, um, my boyfriend's here. So every single time uh, I go out and play golf, you know, I give him like, let's say nine strokes and he tries to beat me. So, you know, I'm always <laughs> play for a good score. We already played 18 today. So, and then we're going to go play some tennis later so hopefully like you know my competitive uh, competitiveness still stays within me Melly's <laughs> <laughs> like what's quarantine yet <laughs> yeah. I don't know that over here <laughs> like, what's that um we've been doing puzzles and like game nights so that's been fun um but other than that like I said I'm really enjoying this downtime I haven't experienced it um, in such a long time. So I, I'm really enjoying it because I know kind of what's coming. Um, so I'm taking full advantage kind of, of, of this and working out and getting my body ready and just, you know, allowing it to rest for a little bit. Yeah. You mentioned the downtime and 
Um, you know, I think most of us are kind of this, we've been doing this for about a month, but you guys really, your season got cut off before that. I mean, you, you, you had all those events in, in Asia kind of canceled before any of this happened over here. So it's been a two, at least two months or whatever for you guys. So, you know, are you, are you kind of getting used to it or what's the overall feeling with it? Uh, well, I mean, I went to Australia and then the day I got there, they announced that they're canceling Asia. And I was like, well, this is a long way to go for one week. If I would have known, I would have gone. Right. I was searching frantically <laughs> for like a flight back because I knew like once this got out that everyone's going to start booking their flights. So, mm -hmm. you know, obviously getting back, we thought we were going to start in, um, we were going to start in Arizona. So we started practicing after that because what we had like, I think a month and then right. it, the news hit that, you know, our West coast swing was uh, canceled. So then obviously we took some time off, but we've always had like, Oh, this is our start date because like what our West coast swing got canceled like four days before we were supposed to fly out or something. Yeah. I think we, yeah. No, yeah four we days. were like, we were getting ready. Like it was never that we just took time off. We were always like getting ready because they just got canceled a couple of days before we were supposed to fly out. I mean, gotcha. there were talks, there were talks that we were going to, you know, cancel and Melly and I kept talking and I was like, listen, we just need to like keep preparing and basically in our minds, like we're going until they tell us that we're not. Cause I mean, the easiest thing would have been to just like, you know, just pack it up and not, not practice or whatever. But I've been off since Boca, which is like the last week of January. So mm. I'm, I'm really, really itching. Because I've been talking to some of the PGA Tour guys, and when their um, event, um, the players got canceled, they were like, well, I don't know what to do. And I was like, listen, I've been doing this for like the last six weeks. <laughs> so, like, I can tell you what to do. Right. It sucks. <laughs> How does that yeah. work from like a fitness standpoint? Like you're, you're off season, you've prepared your body to like start competitive golf in January and then sustain that all the way through. Like, so what, what do you do now? Do you build strength now, cardio? You apologize to your body. Yeah. You're like, sorry, we're putting you through this. We're taking a break right now. <laughs> and then we're going to do it all over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, no, it's hard right now. Everything's taken away from you, like a gym, you know? You have to do everything body weight. And you kind of have to, you know, with a trainer, like he kind of motivates you too while you're motivating yourself. But now like you don't have a trainer, so you're motivating yourself a hundred percent of the time. So you're like, okay, I gotta get off the couch, like <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I have to say the Peloton app, I mean, they have what, 90 days for free, and I think I sent it to you too, Nelly. And I and I like the I do like outdoor runs, which I mean I can't tell you the last time I ran, but I've been mm -hmm. doing outdoor runs and um more body weight stuff and kind of just learning something else, I guess, than more golf specific stuff that I'm used to. I still do the golf specific stuff, but at least someone yells at me from the other side yeah. of like my head. So I think that's been um, nice to have like still a little bit of motivation because it's been a couple of months now and I can say that the uh, motivation to like get up and do stuff, it like dwindles. Like yeah. each week you're like right. you start up here like this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna wake up with a plan and then you're like do i have to get yeah. out of it today you're like, we're in yeah. quarantine like we'll get to it that's the thing with practice like i go and this morning like i woke up 
at seven in the morning. I was like, oh my God, I haven't done this ever. Like, like I've been by a bus. Like, what is this? Like seven? (laughs) But like, yeah, you get out on the golf course and you're like, okay, like, what am I practicing for? (laughs) You don't know. Like we have like, supposedly in June, we're going to go out, but we were supposed to play Hawaii, but that didn't happen. Like you don't know when you're actually going to start, but like, right. If it does, if it does restart in June um, and you miss up till then, what, what would, what's something that you miss the most? Is it a specific tournament or is it just getting out there or uh, that you kind of won't be able to get back even if you do restart in June? I think uh, the majors, you know, we're, we're, uh, I think that's the preparation. If we do start, we're playing a normal, we're playing Walmart, a three day event, and then we jump straight into a major. So you're like, okay, (laughs) like, throw us right back. Imagine if Walmart (laughs) gets postponed and then you just start with KPMG. (laughs) I thought that we were going to start with the U.S. Open this, uh, where I thought we were going to start. But yeah, I mean, like missing all the majors and like it would suck if we like missed Evian because it's so beautiful there during July. And Mm -hmm. I know it's been postponed till what, August, I think Mm -hmm. now. And then, you know, you worry about the weather and then the course conditions are different. Like I missed our whole West Coast swing. Like I love going to Arizona. Yeah. And like playing, playing the the, dinosaur at our um, ANA, you know, these are the things that I miss. It's the best weather, the best like course conditions that you could ask for. Um, and we stay with the best families. And so, you know, it's just like the connections that you've made in the last couple of years, you kind of miss, you miss that stuff. Um, I appreciate being in Florida in the month of March and April. It's very beautiful. I haven't been here in like the last, you know, since basically 2010 to experience like, I guess, Florida, a little yeah, bit no clouds mm. so nice like, it's incredible i was like wow this is so beautiful no wonder people love to come here during this time of year um we're usually gone right. um so i think that you know it's it's, it's gift take the yeah I, yeah i mean it's great that they've rescheduled our events but as jess said you know having it during the months that they've we've always had them was really nice. Like I know that ANA was pushed to September, maybe. Yeah, we're gonna point on different grass. And yeah, and it's like super hot, like right. super hot. <laughs> so like, that's Q school time too. Like around then, I think we used to play Q school, or I played Q school there, and it was oh my god, it was so hot. Thank God that they let us be in carts because I mean we had so much ice on there. And, like cool towels and stuff like that. And the golf course was so different. It's like burnt out a little bit. Um, it just it just plays different. But I'm sure they're gonna do their best. Oh, everyone! They're 100. percent Everyone's gonna do the best that they can to set it up like a major. And you know, it's just the stuff that you got to deal with. Look at the Masters. Like all the guys are saying how different it's gonna play, and is it gonna right. feel like Masters? So, right. You know, you mentioned Arizona, and that that reminded me of the Cactus Tour, which still kept going and, and i know some of your uh fellow lpga players even played uh anna nordquist won an event would, would that if you were yeah. there would that have been something you would have considered doing no yeah okay <sighs> yeah <it's- laughs> I, I mean good on the girls that that do want to do that right 
no. Yeah, it's just no. not the same. I, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, it, it would depend. Like, I don't know. It, it would be a question mark for me. I don't, I wouldn't. Okay. I think for yeah. the girls that need it financially, um, sure. you know, this is a time that it, you feel so bad for the rookies. Um, you feel so bad for the girls on like the bottom half. Right. Um, you know, girls, even guys that are just getting started that, you know, really needed, needed a good start, needed that push, um, so they can start to be financially stable. Um, so I, I feel really bad for, for, for those kind of that group. Um, so I understand why they would play and why they do like, you know, have to basically have to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's great that they give them an opportunity to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, going back to a happier time. Last year uh, at the Solheim Cup, I know you guys didn't win as a team, but you two were both 3-0-1, uh, and, and you dominated your two matches when you were paired together. I wondered, A, was there any talk of you playing more matches together? And B, how excited would you be to do that again, obviously? I don't think we ever – we played uh, foursomes together, uh, but we never had an opportunity or did we ever talk about playing four ball. Um, well, we yeah, did, like why? You did so well. With four. Yeah. I think I, Julie wanted to give us an opportunity to play with somebody else in okay. our pod. And also she was, I think, maybe worried that um, – We would spend too much time together. Yeah. So okay. a, that, that is the thing. <laughs> I was going to ask, is that possible? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the That's thing, I swear. <laughs> That's the reason she's over there. No, I'm just kidding. Missy two sis. Yeah. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, we definitely enjoyed our time. Uh, it was, uh, we were actually worried that Julie wouldn't give us a chance to even play together. And okay. We did the Dow event, the team event together earlier in the year, and uh, we kind of proved her wrong. And thankfully, she gave us a chance, and you know, we played. Yeah. Really I just it I I appreciated it. Um, I loved the opportunity to play with my little sis, especially she's somebody that I feel like I can really rely on, um, and I'm not afraid to say certain things that you have to say almost in you know, certain situations, especially out there when it's so high stress and um, every shot counts literally because, I mean, if she's hitting the shot, she knows that she needs to put me in a good position and vice versa um, to have a chance. And I, I really appreciated that we were able to be paired together. And obviously winning is just, I mean, that was just really awesome to be able to win our matches the way that we did. Um, so, yeah, definitely something that we're looking forward to in the future. Or we just keep it the way that it is and never do it again and just go undefeated. That's <laughs> right. Greatest team ever in U.S. We're like, okay, mic drop, let's go. Mic drop, we're done. Right. I don't think I don't think you ever they you ever even had to go to the fifteenth hole. It looks like by the way the matches played. I actually, out. when Jess was over that one putt, the our second match together make it just please make it because it's cold out here i would just want to go back <laughs> and it was so windy, windy like, i don't want to putt like please let's go make right, it right. i was the worst uh, how competitive obviously you guys are very tight but how competitive are you with each other is there i mean there must be some sort of sibling rivalry there 
I whenever someone Hold on, I wouldn't like, say I wouldn't say rivalry. I would say okay. we're definitely very competitive. I wouldn't okay. call it a rivalry. A healthy, it's healthy. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It's like we push each other to kind of want to excel more. Right. Right. Um, but but like I'm not too pissed when she beats me unless it's like with the story that she's about to tell. Yeah, every <laughs> time this is, yeah, every single time someone brings it up, I think we both think of this one story. It was like so it was oh my, my rookie year. Yeah. It was my rookie year and it was Volvic that we played in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I was on 18 final day, just shoots like I don't know, like six career round. Yeah, we're both, we're both tied. We're both T10 right now. And I'm, I look at my pot. I had like a 20 footer slider up the hill, then down. And I look to my caddy and I'm like, I'm going to make this and I'm going to knock her out of the top 10. And I made <laughs> it in the first, I don't even like, I just jump out of the 10th, the scoring 10th. And the first text message I get is from Jess. And it's just like, F you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I cannot believe that you just did that in your pants at the hotel this week. Yeah. You guys do have, you guys do have like a, a bet usually every year, right? Oh, uh, we kind of stopped last year. So the issue was that I kept getting injured. So no. <laughs> I was playing less events. Um, and so we were like, well, this kind of just like doesn't make sense anymore because I'm not even pulling playing like a full full schedule i'm basically just playing like the bare minimum um and so we kind of stopped um maybe we'll at the end of the day that doesn't really matter our christmas presents are baller anyway yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one way or another it gets paid off <laughs> yeah true yeah, maybe when you when you restart again obviously yeah. when when there is a restart it does seem like everybody's gonna just want to play as much as possible is it going to kind of be a, a, more of a test of endurance than ever if, if you kind of do have to play I don't know every week possible through the U.S. Open in December I mean that exactly that's what when Jess was saying how she feels bad for their kids this is where I feel bad like they won't get as many opportunities as they would in the years past because like you would play like let's say you would play an event where a lot of girls would take off so like a bunch of girls bunch of rookies would get in and now like everyone's right. gonna want to play everything so right. like the girls won't get as many opportunities and you know it's just gonna suck because like there there's nothing you can do about it everyone's gonna want to play everything catch up you know so yeah you just you just feel really bad yeah what do you because yeah. you know like you know how hard it is to be a rookie and like you know how hard like how much hard work you've put into you just went through grueling q school you're so excited um, to start your season and a lot of the girls did get to start their season in Florida for the one event and then maybe go to Australia and play the Vic Open if they had enough money to do it so like yeah as a rookie you're always watching like the entry list you're like oh god like, yeah. I have a couple spots like then I'm on the reserve list and I'm an alternate you know and that's just it's just really unfortunate what do you think is the max number of events that you could play in a row before your body just starts to say like all right i'm good like four three four mm. i always said i was like okay i've gotten to like this point in my career where like i won't play more than three in a row and i've kept it the last couple of years but like it'll be interesting 
it, it's not so bad necessarily for me or Nellie at this point now because I've been to most of these golf courses before and like as long as I know what shape the course is in and I've played maybe the pro-am I'm fine like I don't need to be there Monday morning or Tuesday and they'll play 18 holes and throw a practice in there so like it'll be it'll definitely be um kind of learning to pace yourself more but I don't see myself playing more than four in a row pending again where the majors are and right, like, right. there's still things in your career that are important to you and just because the season has been is going to be so condensed and shortened you still need to be smart and know that you know we're not going to have very long of an off season so switching back into you know season 2021 you still need to be prepared for that i mean we're not the only sport that's going to do that like there's going to be so yeah. many sports where all these athletes are just gonna you know they're going to be so tired because they're all going to have pretty much back-to-back seasons so it's just going to be like really hard it's going to be a really hard year and a half i think for all these athletes and Absolutely. i did max i did max actually last year i did six weeks on the road and i will <laughs> never ever do that again <laughs> He complains um, about six. I did ten one year, and I was like, "I'm out. Whoa. I'm out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What um? Wait. So we we mentioned before you guys being able to move around a little bit, but have you have you guys hung out since uh this all went down? No. No. It's been oh, okay. Wow. And so yeah. I want to ask how how much contact have you had with other uh, LPGA players as well? I know we we talk about uh you know, all these people getting together on different Zoom calls and this or that. Do you do any of that with, with other pros or anything like that? Uh, it's ma- for me, it's mainly like texting. I text like my okay. group of friends and like we send each other like videos like on Instagram and stuff. So it's mainly that. Okay. For me. I, some, I mean, I have like my weekly calls with some of my friends um, on tour. And like Mally said, it's kind of like texting and memes and just kind of kind of just always stay in contact you're always right. watching what everyone's doing so that's all there is to do yeah is this the longest you two have ever been apart i think so that's crazy mm, yeah could be <laughs> we're on the road <laughs> supposedly i don't remember that but okay <laughs> When when you do go on the road together, do you do you travel together a decent amount? I mean, do you take the same flights? Do you... um, we sometimes we meet up in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah, we try but to I, take like, when, international flights. We definitely try to take those together, whether we okay. meet up in Atlanta or Detroit. Yeah. Um, but because we travel from different coasts, right? Um, it's different. But, like, but it's like, yeah, we travel together. together. Yeah, from event to event. Yeah. Okay. The. The PGA Tour has been talking about like when they restart, maybe not having any fans. Have you guys thought about that at all? Like if that happens with the LPGA Tour, what what would that be like? (laughs) An AJGA. We've talked about that a lot over here, actually. They're like, what's that going to be like? And I'm like, like an AJG event when you were a kid and you're yeah. like, you just had your dad or your mom <laughs> clapping for you to get a good shot and trying to find your golf ball. And you hear that one clap, and you're like, thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, um, guys, thank you so much for taking the time. Obviously, before you go, any uh, TV, Netflix recommendations that you want to share? 
I really like Money Heist. I watched that show. Money Heist, okay. Yeah, it's a Spanish show. You kind of get thrown off with like, because you you can tell you're like, that is not what you are saying. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's it's really good. I really enjoy that show. Okay. Unfortunately, they did not come out with more episodes. Yeah, no, I um, I've been watching really trash TV, so I apologize. So I'm not even gonna say that out loud. But we just finished, we just finished Ozark season three. Nice. Yeah, I really liked season one and two more. Season three kind of threw me for a loop, and it was a little okay. hard to get into. But I'm okay. sure there'll be a season four, depending on how season three just ended. Sure. Oh yeah. no, I haven't started season three yet. You didn't like it that much. Uh, season three is good. Is it? No, okay. No, <laughs> I wasn't like a huge fan of it. Like Marty kind of threw me off a little bit. I mean, you'll see. I honestly, the the last episode of season three was my favorite of all of them. Okay, now it, right. it was a good ending. Yeah, it was a great it's, ending. It's worth it. Okay, Katie. keep going. Once we finish the Sopranos, yeah. we're gonna dig into Ozarks. So I look forward. There you go. Good. All right, guys. Well, I really, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. We hope to see you out there sooner than later. Of course. And uh, good luck the rest of the year and with uh, getting ready for the restart whenever it does happen. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thanks again to the Corda sisters for joining us. Uh, guys, when we wrap up, there, there was a little golf going on this past week. Uh, on the Euro Tour, the BMW Indoor Invitational powered by TrackMan, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, yeah. Indoor guys using their, their simulators, uh, 18 players. They played at St. Andrews, um, St. Andrews in, in quotes, obviously. Um, and congrats to Juiced Luton for, for winning. Um, he actually bogeyed 18, but that was his only bogey of the day. He shot, a, I think, a 66 and he won. Uh, Dan, I mean, it's, it was an interesting event. I mean, he won 10,000 euros to the charity of his choice. Um, it's kind of a nice thing, I guess, for the fans to follow around. I, obviously, completely different than a normal tournament. There was no uh, – any putt inside eight feet was a, a gimme. So he, he would like watch to see where his ball ended up. And if it was inside eight feet, he would be like, yes. Like, would, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. They still haven't figured out putting on simulators. You, right. think that, you think that they'd have figured it out. I'm sure there are some real ballers that have like one of the adjustable greens that is yes. up to a simulator. Yes. That feels like sort of the next level. Um, but yeah, I'd love to have everything inside eight feet. That'd be pretty nice. That's usually what we set it at when we play on simulators. It's you're like, eh, like eight feet. That's good. <laughs> eight feet. Actually, that's like I, I feel like I'm I'm decent from inside eight feet, so that would actually be the one thing I wouldn't want to be a gimme. That separates you from the from pretenders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, congratulations to Juice, and also congratulations to Joel Damon, who shot a 58. I think it was Mesa Country Club in Arizona. Now he's tuning up for. Um, there's actually a decent event going on uh, right now, the Scottsdale AZ Open. Um, it's 162 players in the field. There's at least four PGA Tour pros in there. So they're actually getting out there before even these charity events. It's uh, Joel Damon is, is a huge favorite. And this was before he shot 58. Um, at R72. R72. Uh, the, craziest part, the craziest part is he was only two under through seven. And he was 12 under over the final 11 holes. Yeah. I mean, two eagles and one par. Yeah, I mean, you always hear about guys like, oh, no fives on the card today. Like, that's a real. He had yeah. no fours on the card no on the back nine. It was one shot away from like a quote unquote perfect nine holes, which would be birdieing every hole and then eagling the two par fives. He right. made he made a par on like a 240 yard par three. 
Um, also, what a flex, the way he worded the tweet. Yes. He said, yeah, I'm the course record holder at all of my- uh, All my courses. courses. All, my clubs. all of my home clubs, which is how many home clubs do you yeah. have? <laughs> You're the course record holder at all of them. And then you think, okay, maybe he's, and then, oh no. And I'm now actually the course record holder at all of them because I finally ticked off the last one. So thank you very much. <laughs> 58, here's my scorecard. Take it to the bank. I had the same reaction. People weren't really giving him grief for it either. They let him get away with that. I was like, what a humble brag. Yeah. yeah. I don't the, even know the, if that's a humble brag. I think that's just, just a brag. brag. <laughs> the, the, you mentioned, Dan, the score, the actual scores. When you look at the card, it's crazy. Over those last 11 holes, um, his, he had all threes except for one two, um, which was a birdie, obviously, on a, on a par three. And so he shot a 26 on the back nine, which again is just preposterous. What also jumped out was he played with a couple of uh, Chicago Cubs players, uh, Kyle Schwarber, who's not like a great player, but crushes it. We've seen videos of him. And Ian Happ, who um, I looked it up. He's one of our top pro athlete golfers. He's a two handicap. His dad was a longtime agronomist for the USGA. Anyway, Ian Happ shot a 69 and he got dusted by 11 shots. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a different level. They these guys when they're playing a, when they're playing a golf course that's sixty eight hundred yeah. yards, sixty nine hundred yards, and there's no pressure and right, you know, they're going at every single flag. You're gonna see a lot of these guys when they play for fun shoot like seven under, eight under all right. the time. Right. That's why when we when we play our course and you right, you always think, oh, what would happen if Dustin Johnson showed up yeah. here? They, they would shoot 58. I mean, a lot of time, sight unseen, they'd show up there and just tear apart. Your- yeah, like, or like absolute worse in the mid-60s. Like, right. I, you know, I, I wrote about this when I, I played with, uh, with Matt Fitzpatrick at my, at my club, and he hit a ball in the water and had a three-putt and shot seven under, like the easiest thing in the world. And you don't, you have to, so you have to play these guys off, like I, we play them off plus eight, because that's, yeah. that's what you have to do to make it competitive. You know, you yeah. see their scoring averages – on the PJ tour and it's like 69.5, 70.4. But then, you know, you have to consider how different that is and realize that the, these guys are legitimate plus eight handicaps. Right. What's the best score you've ever seen in person that you've been playing with? Uh, 64. Hmm. Keely? Eight under. I got that beat. You have that beat? Yeah. Well, oh, not him, not I don't. him on his own ball, but. I played, with, Dan- I played with Danielle Kang. Oh, that's right. A year and a half ago, and she broke the course record at Glen Arbor, which is about 15 minutes from where I live. Uh, it was in a Gary Player event. She shot nine under, 63, and she lipped out. And we were going – She and she, like, literally couldn't really have cared too much less. Like, she was yeah. just – I mean, she always has that cool vibe, but, like, she, we were so into it, like, rooting <laughs> her on every shot. And she was like, guys, it's not that big a deal. And she lipped, I think though she did feel a little pressure finally. She hit an incredible shot on the last hole we were playing and she lipped out like a four footer for like a wow. 62. But she still broke the course record, I think, or she at least tied it. And, um, but it was just amazing. I mean, she didn't, she didn't make a boat, didn't come close to making a bogey, didn't hit a bad shot the whole round. It just, just machine-like. I mean, it yeah. was really- there was, a, there was a guy in my club who, who played a couple seasons on the Corn Ferry Tour. I wasn't playing with him. But I was at the club and there was word going around that he was like, you know, nine under through 11 or something mm-hmm. like that. So he's 12 under uh, going to 18. It's par 72. So he needs to make birdie for 69. Mm. And he hits it to like seven feet right below the hole. And there's probably like 30 people watching. And he leaves it short. Oh! oh. 
for 59. Oh. And every, everyone was like, dude. Dude. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You're not, you're not playing for anything. So that's, I, but I, I didn't see the whole round. I just saw like yeah. a cut at, at the end. Wow. I'm trying to remember what Joel shot when we played together um, in North oh, Carolina. Yeah. Joel got hot at Tobacco Ridge. Tobacco Road. Tobacco Road. It was insane. He and I were in a cart together and he started out like he was five under through four. I've heard, I've heard all four. the tales. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, I, I was there and you remember it better. <laughs> um, but I just remember after getting through the fourth hole, he's five under and just yeah. like, do I talk to him? Right. Like right. we're like in no the cart in together. I'm like, right. Do you want a water? Uh, like yeah. what's happening? Well, the, I yeah. think that's actually, it's funny that you mentioned that. Like that's one of the things that separates pros from really really good amateurs is like when they are five under after four like they don't freak out they don't freak and a out lot of, and a lot of people when they're you know if, if, if you're three if an amateur is even two under through three you start thinking like i have this if i just you know make this many pars and this many birdies for the end then i'm going to shoot this number and then you start playing defensive these guys that i imagine a heart rate monitor that does not change oh yeah Whereas for myself if i make the turn under par i'm thinking like I get nervous. I'm thinking like, let's oh, get to the house. Let's get to the house. And then you start thinking, if I make yeah. a bogey in this hole, if I make a bogey in this hole, when you should be thinking about making more birdies. So it's, it's just a comfort yeah. level with being under par. And it's because oh, we, us normals, like we don't know when it's going to happen again. Right. And yeah. pros know it's going to happen tomorrow or it's going to yeah. happen this afternoon. So right. it doesn't matter. <laughs> so we're thinking, oh man, we can't blow this. this. Is it. We cannot <laughs> blow this. I know. I remember once I birdied the first three holes once and I got to the fourth tee and I was literally shaking. I mean, yeah, and, you're, and you're, and you're, and you're thinking like, let's just get it in the house, which is the hundred percent. Yeah. You're, you're thinking just check off the holes. Like let's yeah. get through, let's, let's get through this quick, quick, quick. Mm -hmm. You're trying to run out the clock basically. It exactly. Just, right. It does not work. Um, all right guys, it was fun. Thanks again to uh, the Corda sisters for joining us. Thanks as always to our producer, Greg Gottfried. Uh, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to us on Apple podcasts if you haven't done so already and check back next week to see who our guest is.